This is the Blossom of Thought podcast, a podcast about the body, mind, and soul. And your host is Impilo Kambule. Legislator Honorable Mtipuzi Kauzelas Melani returns to our platform to update us on the development or latest development of the struggle of the people of Swaziland in the kingdom of Swaziland in Africa. Mr. Smelani has been a president of a church or a pastor, a teacher, a legislator, and advocate of social justice. We can safely say that he's an advocate of social justice as we speak. Now, Mr. Smelani, welcome to the platform again. You are returning. This is the second time we are having you here. The honor is mine. Uh, I'm very much excited and happy to be part of this platform once again. You are the interim president, I think I am putting that right, president of Swalimo, the newly formed movement, Swalimo representing Swaziland Liberation Movement. Before, or when you came to our platform previously, you, were, you had not established this movement with others, but now it's in existence. Tell us, what does the movement represent and what is our the main objective of the movement in the struggle? Leadership, thank you for, for such a question. I would love to say yes, I'm an interim president of Swalimo, Swaziland Liberation Movement. Uh, fate has made it clear to me that as we pursue the liberation struggle for Maswati, uh, I cannot operate as an individual. Uh, there was so much and there is so much need uh, to come more organized because the system that we are fighting is an organized system. In, in, in brief terms, I would say Swalimo is a movement that seeks to work collectively to coordinate all the people of Swaziland uh, to the best we can to push towards the liberation of the country. We just want an update now. I've said in the outline that uh, you are returning to update us on the struggle on the ground in Swaziland. Can you give us that update of what has happened ever since you, you were here previously? What, what's going on? What direction or what dimension is the struggle taking? Yeah, I'm not proud to give you the update here this day. Actually, I feel bad that I'm giving you updates in the name of update, but actually there's nothing tangible coming from Swaziland. If you remember very well, uh, the last time I was here, uh, the, the president of South Africa had met King Mswati III. They had agreed on a, a number of things which mainly involved or evolved around dialogue. But what we have seen, we have seen things going from, from better to worse with regards to commitment on the side of the government in the issue of uh, implementing whatever was was agreed upon between the two heads of states. The situation is really bad. We have seen the King Mswati being more unveiled as one of the worst detectors Africa has ever seen. He's, he's showing more signs of being a detector who is not ready to talk to uh, the, the people of Swaziland. He has, he has emerged as a detector who doesn't want to listen to anybody, who doesn't take people seriously, who, who believes he is living in a world of his own. So in short, uh, they had said there will be a dialogue, but from there, we have seen arrogance, we have seen insults, we have seen delays, we have seen everything that says he's doing all he can to maintain the status quo. I think the talks about dialogue was way back in, in, in October or November. You will correct me there, but I think that's uh, precisely 
the months uh, preceding a festive season. And the king somehow put off this dialogue thing. He did not treat it with urgency. Uh, that reminds me of Martin Luther King. You said we have come here uh, to remind America of the fierce agency of now. The key word there is agency, and this is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. But we see that the tranquilizing drug of gradualism and cooling off is this been the tactic of the king. He decided to put off the urgency of the issue and went in seclusion, whatsoever ritualistic seclusion in the, in the festive season. And we were speaking of dialogue somewhere in March or February when he comes back from this seclusion. Didn't that suggest that we are just not going anywhere? I mean that early. Didn't that suggest that we are not going anywhere if we are focusing on having the king uh, come, uh, I mean, if you are focusing on dialogue and hoping that the king is going to come around, I don't know if I'm making sense with that question. To be honest, uh, it was clear from the onset, having over 80 people killed through the parallel of a gun, the gun uh, that is owned by the state, having over 250 people walking with bullets, Having had uh, the honor of receiving a head of state of another country coming into your country, uh, sharing ideas with you, enlightening the king that uh, you need to go for dialogue. Having had all these things, if one person will then say, I do understand what you say, but you must wait for me. I'm still going for seclusion. I'll come back after three months. When people have been killed, someone says he wants to go and perform rituals. Actually, it's for the same, it's for the sake of respect that we say it's rituals. In the actual sense, it is witchcraft. He said, I cannot face the people without me going through my witchcraft uh, practices because the world he is coming from, he believes if he performs his witchcraft, he will come back and the people will fear him they, the way they used to do. Uh, yes, but he doesn't understand that the wheel of revolution is landed. The wheel of rev- revolution is turning and history has always told us that once this wheel starts turning, it never goes back. So there was no agency, even from the, from the word go. And to make matters worse, after coming out of his uh, witchcraft practices, he went on to open a parliament in his parliamentary speech. Then he then made uh, startling revelations when he said dialogue will be at Sibayani. We have always been there. We have seen what Sibayani is. It is just a monologue. I'm very sure that uh, not even one of the sources is is expecting Sibayani as the dialogue that has always been talked about. I'm even sure that even Sri Ramaphosa, the president of South Africa, will be shocked when he comes to the Sibayani and see the kind of dialogue that he is talking about. As if that is not enough, he went on to announce uh, some alcohol uh, activities or rituals, if I may put it, called known as Bukano in, in our country, where he's calling everybody uh, to the brewing of this Marula beer. So if, if you look at his thinking, there's just no agency. He thinks people have time for Marula drinking when we don't have answers for the critical issues the country is facing. In short, uh, 
Mswati has no agency. Mswati has no heart for the people. Mswati is not a leader. He's just a detector who lives in his own world, in his own time. I think the other issue will relate to Sadak and also the, lead, the head of uh, the Trioka a wing of Sadak, that is a President Cyril Ramaphosa. One of the things, I don't know, maybe I'm the one who's not aware, I, you will have to come in here and help us if you are aware what kind of dialogue are we going to have? Because as far as I understand, Sadak has the idea that we're going to have a dialogue. We don't know what, what dimension is going to take. President Cyril Ramaphosa, probably he knows what kind of dimension that a dialogue will take. King Umswati has no knowledge what kind of dialogue we're going to have. But in my judgment, the people that are at the center of this, that is the Swazis, they've got no idea. We've gone to, as far as I understand, to Boxback in South Africa, in Johannesburg, and we came out with a Boxback declaration. That is the terms of reference of the dialogue. A dialogue which it appears to me, you'll correct me, we have no idea about no information has been revealed to us. Maybe, you know, as Swalimo, president of Swalimo, and also being part of the multi-stake, what's this organization that puts together all interested political formations in Swaziland, multi-stakeholder forum. What do you understand? Do you have insight into this dialogue, what will be happening, apart from the announcement from the king, that dialogue will be happening in the royal crawl or Sibai? To be honest, Ngambole, Allow me to say, uh, Sadak is not doing enough, or the, 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 the Troika head is not doing enough for the people of Swaziland. And if I say he's not doing enough, I think it's, a, it's an understatement. I'm tempted to say Sadak is, do, is doing nothing for our people. Uh, listen here, when President Ramaphosa came to Swaziland, he talked to the king. I think protocol detects that he does that. When he was making a statement about their talks. He said, there'll be a dialogue in three months. That's number one. He said, uh, Sadak and the government of Swaziland will work on the terms of references. That is verbatim. He said nothing about the people of Swaziland that have always been in the street, that have always said, we no more want this government. They were not accommodated in the drafting of these terms of reference. Uh, over this dialogue that involves them. On that one, I feel Sadak betrayed the people of Swaziland. Yes, two weeks later, we got wind. We got wind that uh, Sadak president had uh, aged the mass democratic movement to produce the or to contribute by building or giving their own terms of reference. Based on that word, which I cannot qualify where, where it came from, we went to Boxback Declaration where we sat down as the mass democratic movement agreed on terms of reference. Uh, I'm th- I think in, in, a, in a week or two weeks, they'll be submitted to the Sadak Troika unit. Uh, let us note that you haven't heard anything on the part of the government with regards to them setting aside a team that would work on terms of reference. Because all they know when they go to Spire, there are no terms of reference. That's why I can safely say that in his mind, Mswati was sat with his own dialogue through Sbaya, and in his mind, President Ramaphosa has his own dialogue. I think they're speaking with two different types of dialogues because the mere fact that Ramaphosa said there'll be terms of reference, yet in Sbaya, we know there are no terms of reference. That's number one. And number two, we, we stay in Switzerland. We see everything that's happening. 
that there is nothing that has been done in the past three months with regards to pursuing the issue of having a national dialogue. If, if, if things were serious, by now at least we should be knowing a team that has been set aside by the government tasked with uh, establishing or creating these terms of reference. So in short, I agree with you. If ever we nest any idea of a dialogue, we are just creating a dialogue in our own minds, which uh, doesn't involve us per se. We know nothing about That's why I strongly feel the people of Swaziland have themselves to take themselves out of this mess. Yeah, I, I, I think you are mentioning something important there yeah, when you say, because that was going to be my next question, when you say that the people of Swaziland, they really uh, have the ball in their court. Uh, they're the ones who should be leading this and not expecting uh, somebody else, uh, some kind of messiah who will come and save them. Because some of we might have been looked at as some mini messiah that will come and help and drum uh, sense in the mind of the king. Uh, so that we can have the dialogue. So the next question that I may have is just y- y- using some kind of, should I say, prophetic foresight. I'm not saying you're a prophet, but just using your own deductive reasoning or just trying to decide with the facts that you already have, uh, should as well as the people still anticipate a dialogue or there should be some other way of uh, resolving uh, the issues that we have on the ground so that we can have the breakthrough or the people will have a breakthrough into a new democratic Swaziland? Really, based uh, on what has been happening, I think the body language of the king is clear that he doesn't want to share power. I think the earlier we accept that, the better. And the body language of the king has proved to all of us that he has taken a decision that than giving the people uh, what they, they, they want, which is power to the people, he will rather die fighting. I think us accepting that fact and then dealing with it will be the best way because we're dealing with a person here who is an extreme oppressor, a person who doesn't understand the language of dialogue. At the first place, I really believe it is the king and his regime that must be asking for dialogue to the people because the country doesn't belong to the king. The country belongs to the people. As in the people can live without the king, but the king cannot live without the people. So we mustn't sit down and expect dialogue. Fine. Dialogue is part of the game only if the other party is, is, is interested. In this case, the ruling uh, regime is not interested. We have only one way to go. We must do all within our powers to liberate ourselves from this uh, oppressor. We must not sit back and expect any dialogue from him because he has made it clear that he is not ready. He would rather die fighting because he believes. We must remember that this guy has been in power from as early as 18 or 19 years. I can't remember how old he was. He has always been told that he never lies. He has always been told that whatever he says is correct. He has never been challenged. So for now, we're just speaking something that is not real to the way he lives in. He has taken people's money the way he wants. He has invaded banks. He has taken businesses. He has just done everything without being challenged. So to him, it's a completely new world, what he's being exposed to. And he believes he would rather die fighting because he thinks we are taking from him what belongs to him. When actually, this is for the people. 
So in short, we can't wait for a dialogue, not unless somehow, some other time, he comes back asking for dialogue from the people. It seems like it's difficult for the king to share power with the people. In fact, the power belongs to the people, if you understand what democracy is. He doesn't want to allow the country to, you know, to uh, get into democracy or make the necessary changes that will make the people comfortable. I'm wondering, what has he got to lose, the king? Uh, You might have touched on this in a family meeting via Facebook when you you delve into what the royal family has got to lose, the king, how much he's making and looting and his children, that is his nuclear family, and probably that will include his wife. Will you just uh, take us a little bit into what has he got to lose? Why is he uh, avoiding uh, allowing the people to have their power? Yeah, you know, it will be hard for for the outside world to understand the story of Swaziland. In Swaziland, okay, in the outside world, there's what they call corruption. Politicians fight over what they call corruption. Government, political parties and governments, they change from time to time based on corruption. In Swaziland, it's not corruption that is happening. Corruption is an understatement. It is official for the king to loot the economy of the country. It is, it is done in broad daylight. Actually, it is the order of the day because he is head of the executive of the government. He's head of the judiciary. He's head of uh, the legislature. He's unapproachable. He's above the law in the literal sense of being above the law to the extent that you can go to your, your fields, find you having over 50 cattle. He can take all the cattle. Uh, based on whatever he thinks. He can take, we have instances when he had, oh, he had done that and there will be nowhere to take him because of that. So for this guy to lose that uh, supreme position, it's not even a supreme position. I think it is only God who had that from where I come from. One, to lose that. He doesn't see himself existing. Number two, his inner circle is highly benefiting from his status. His children from the age of 18, 19, 20 years, they are in all the pillars of government. If you can take note that uh, his firstborn daughter, Skaniso, was a board member, I think at 18, 19, 20, I can't remember, yes, uh, for for MTN, one of the mobile uh, providing companies there. His firstborn son, Skalo, He's a board member in the Central Bank of Switzerland. He has never done anything that involves money. Besides that, he's a soldier. He's getting a, a salary from the Central Bank. He's getting a salary uh, for, for being a soldier. He's not just a soldier. He's the PS of the Ministry of Defense. Not only that, uh, he is into many businesses. Himself, uh, as king, is into businesses. His sons and daughters they are taking the people's businesses on the ground. Let alone, my brother, you see when, 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 when there's some kind of foreign direct investment, some companies, some investing investors coming from outside the country, maybe to, to, to do some project. He, he'll always tell them that you can't get the permit to go ahead with this project, not unless he has around 50 or, 50 or above shares in whatever businesses that will be done. So whenever these investors ask him, 
What does he put in into the business? He'll just tell them that this is my country. That's what I put into the business deal. So you see, this guy believes the country is his literal farm. And I'm sure that as I speak here, a lot of people will say, come on, on the 21st century, is it possible to have a country having this kind of life? This is what the people of Swaziland are subjected to. The, the king is just an owner of the 1.3 million people. He has a very huge farm. We are all his, his servants, if I'm to say that, because he loots the people's taxes uh, as he wishes. You see, just now, where, where we, we got into a fall-off, he said we need to approve a, a, a loan bill from India where he wants to build his parliament at, a, at, 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 at the cost of 1.3 billion. You see, my brother, in this loan bill from India, 65% of the material will come from India, the building material. 65% of the labor that will be building the, uh, the parliament will come from India. We have uh, an unemployment rate in Switzerland of another level. But you force us to take such, such loans because you have deals with those uh, business people or with those countries that are, are giving the country this loan. In short, there is a lot we, we can talk about about him as to what does he stand to lose. Actually, his, his entire life has been revolving around owning everything because in his one of his latest uh, speeches after he came from his rituals. He said, we must know that everything in the country belongs to the king. Some say he's figurative, but what he has been doing has proved beyond reasonable doubt that he means it in the literal sense. You are a spiritual person. You are a richest. Almost in all of your meetings, you will be reading from the scriptures. That is the Bible and prayer. They will invite other like-minded and other like-hearted people. That suggests that you are so much invested in believing God and also as you are involved in the struggle. Usually you will see the patterns in history that religion can be used to oppress the people, not only oppress, brutalize them, not only brutalize them, kill in the name of power. We have these uh, contradictions in the 60s in the U.S., where on the one hand, there was one Reverend uh, Jackson. He was getting the money, as others will say, who were there uh, from <laughs> the Christian community, from the church, and then take the money and put a uh, gas or petrol in his big catalog. On the other hand, as uh, you know, we live in a world of a lot of polarity, where I think there's always an opposition in all things. There was Martin Luther King, who used religion, who used Christianity to liberate the people. Can you tell us what do you intend to do? What have you been doing and moving forward using your Christian values in the struggle? And what will you advise others who are also involved in the struggle one way or another, how they must use their Christian values in the struggle? Truly, you are very right. Uh, religion can be used for whatever. It depends on who you are, what is your personal stand with your creator. We have seen many business people using religion as their business machinery to rip in money. Fortunately, I think to me, religion is purity of your conscience. I think justice for everyone is my basic call in every space and area of my life. I've been most inspired by Martin Luther. You see, religion will, 
will uplift you when you feel down. One day he said, when, when we are tired, when we don't see the solution, we must always know that there is that force coming from above that will make the things happen. So that is my background. Actually, in most of the things that I do, I don't cry for, for being paid on earthly things. One thing that quenches my thirst is to see justice being done to God's people. I'm one person who says I can lose anything that I have in as long as I'm stretching my, my arm towards saving a soul, towards removing a, a knee from someone's neck. I think and I believe that the soul, as a person, you must discover why you are alive. You must discover your purpose and then pursue your purpose. The material world means less to me, but the spiritual world means everything to me. So a number of people have said, but Honorable Kauzela, uh, you come from Swaziland. Poverty is all over. Uh, your advocating for social justice has costed you your seat in parliament has costed you the benefits that comes even after parliament. I'm saying always, the Bible says, what will it benefit you to get the own world and lose your spirituality or lose your soul? I can, I, I can, I can lose anything as long as I will win my spiritual life and my soul. So in short, it is religion that is pushing me to push for social justice for all the people of Swaziland. I strongly believe that uh, injustice anyway is a threat to justice everywhere. That's very sound. Uh, that's very inspiring. Hopefully, everybody that claims or have claimed to religion or Christianity may view things the way you view them. That uh, all religions, in fact, they tell us that the ultimate will be justice winning. Anybody who claims to be religious must uh, also have a claim to righteousness or, or justice oh. in that sense. So I appreciate that. Maybe a, a parting shot. Any message for Sadak and President Cyril Ramaphosa on the issues, uh, the struggle in Swaziland? On a serious note, uh, the mere fact that I know the end result of the struggle is then pushing me to tell whosoever is listening. Nelson Mandela once said, at the end, we will not be frustrated by the pain and suffering from our enemies, but will be most frustrated by the silence of the good people, the silence of our friends when the enemy was torturing us. I'm saying it is a known fact that the liberation struggle of South Africa was much supported by the people of Swaziland. Those who were in exile, they were housed by the Swazis as the, the, that apartheid regime was busy brutalizing them. I'm just asking myself, where do they find the comfort to relax when they see the people of Swaziland being tortured, brutalized, killed by the king? I'm just asking myself, what will they tell the people of Swaziland after we have won our liberation? Because it's not a question of yes or no. It's a simple thing. The people will win in Swaziland. Then I will say to the right Honorable Comrade President Ramaphosa, may he please be in the right side of history. May he stand for what is good. May he stretch his position and his hand towards justice, because it is very clear that the king is brutalizing the people of Swaziland. Not only Sadak, I want to challenge all the international organizations the peace-loving international organizations, I want to challenge them and say, please, when Freedom Day comes to Swaziland, they must not be ashamed to fly over to the country and say, yes, we've been standing with you. It's a fact, my brother. 
We have got so many statements from from many embassies. We have got so many statements from many governments of the world saying we stand with the people of Swaziland. We stand with the people of Swaziland. I think the people of Swaziland does not need statements anymore now. The people of Swaziland need serious intervention to that killer who's busy brutalizing them. How can the world stand aside and wait releasing statements? You see, we appreciate the statements, but on a serious note, it is souls that we lose. It's, it's the blood of the people that is being spilled in our roads. We really need whosoever has a serious approach to come on board and say, but really, what is this king doing? And what can we do to sit down and instill order in the land of, 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 of Swaziland? So in short, my brother, uh, we are really advocating to the entire world to come and assist Maswati. But even then, if the world looks at us and say we are on our own, we don't have a problem. We'll take this battle, God on our side, your victory is guaranteed. No matter how many of our people will lose, but we have come too far to stop now. We cannot sacrifice it anymore. We've made so many gains that we can stop today. Thank you. I should be the one thanking you for coming through here, but always, I always want to have a, a question that relates to how can people engage with you or connect with you? There may be people who listen to this in the Western world and they may wonder how can we reach out to uh, this man that is really working for social justice on earth, you know, following the footsteps of the greatest teacher of all time, our Lord Jesus Christ. So how can people engage with you? Uh, I know sources know uh, where you are found, but uh, you might want to state it for the record for other people who want to reach out. Yes, thank you so much, leadership. Uh, uh, we really look forward to get communications world over. I can only give our people my Facebook uh, page. Uh, it's Mtutuzis Melane Kauzela. And the most official official one is the Facebook page for our liberation movement, which is uh, Swalimo, Swaziland Liberation Movement. That official page definitely will get hold and we'll take it from there. Otherwise, thank you so much. We really look to the people of the peace and democracy loving people of the world to stand with us and help justice to come into our motherland. Thank you. Thank you so much.